When it comes to sharing your faith in Christ, one of the first speed bumps you might encounter will be with those who deny that a God even exists. Whether atheist or agnostic, many of the most common arguments will typically come from those who do not believe that the world we live in actually has any designer. The Good Fight Radio Show. With me to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. What a uh, fun subject to actually debate when you're talking to an atheist. I, I find talking to atheists is probably probably the easiest people to witness to as far as having just amazing amounts of evidence at our fingertips. And a lot of Christians are intimidated by atheists. Not the easiest in respect to them accepting your claims because many atheists are suppressing, as the Bible says, the truth. Uh, but as far as, man, we have so much evidence because it shouts from, all of creation just shouts that there's a creator, you know, Chad. So we actually have the upper hand. Plus, as you know, Chad, God's created us as reasonable beings and our hearts and our consciences bear witness that when you see design, even Dawkins admitted that. If you look at the detail, details of biochemistry, molecular biology, you might find a signature of some sort of designer and that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. So they have the uphill battle. We have the truth on our side. And it's, the crazy thing is just shouting at them every day. You know, God's word, it says that the heavens declare his majesty, his, his creative hand, you know. No, amen. And as Joe mentioned, this is probably, I'd say, when it comes to going out in the streets and sharing the gospel, you will encounter a lot of people who claim at least some way deny the existence of a creator God, deny the one true God. And one of the reasons this is a great topic for us to discuss, and Joe says he loves witnessing atheists, is because of all the evidence that God has given us and because of the fact that God has made it evident within the person you're sharing the gospel Amen. with. And so that's a huge, huge advantage on our part. But Joe, not only sharing on the streets and all that, but both you and I come from a background where you didn't deny the existence of a personal God, more agnostic. And this episode will encompass both because I do think they're just hand in glove in yeah, terms of where, where they are in, in practice. But uh, myself as well, coming out of atheism, recognizing after watching They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll that I needed to come to Christ. But before that, and I believe in the provenient grace of God, we do as a ministry, we do and I do believe some of the ways that God was calling me was through one of the movies was called Expelled No Intelligence Allowed, where all it did was show me that there was a creator. And all of a sudden, I was now having doubts about my atheistic faith, that I had suppressed the truth and unrighteousness and become an atheist. But nonetheless, Joe, not only have we both shared a lot with people, whether it's online or whether it's on in person, but Joe, you actually did a debate alongside our good friend Rich Cromwick. And you guys sat down with the free thinkers of Conejo Valley. And at first, it was supposed to be a debate between two of you and two of them. But one of the things they thought was going to be a really good thing for them and ended up being a terrible thing was they let you guys present that there is a God, gave a ton of evidence. I mean, just ridiculous amount of evidence that there is a creator. You were there. That's and right. I was there. <laughs> and sadly enough, they thought this was going to be an outnumbered debate. Where, yeah, because it was actually all them against us. That's exactly right. There were all these guys sat there on their tables waiting. And instead of having just two people, two people present, they figured we'll let them do their, their dumb nonsense and then we'll get to hammer them with questions. And uh, they, they left with their tail between their legs. Yeah, there's probably some crazy things. I, th I knew you want to save some of those for the end. That was, was pretty funny. 
But uh, we had a great time. And Chad, I think uh, it's just amazing because it's, it's like looking at this incredibly meticulous painting that has all this detail and all this rhyme and reason to it. And and then saying, uh, and then debating with somebody whether it was just an explosion that ended up on canvas or whether someone painted it or not. Uh, the, the truth is in our hands. And, it's, and, and that's why a lot of atheists don't even like to debate on our creation. Uh, but it's interesting because the laws of science, that's one of the things I like to use in and I used, uh, you know, slideshow, and I, I use a lot of evidences and admissions from atheists and so forth that they're looking for loopholes, top atheists, not to believe, so they're denying the evidence in many cases. Uh, and then I sh- went into a lot of the laws of science. But, Chad, I, what's crazy about this whole thing is the more we discover, just as more and more people have become, you know, are pro-life because they look at the baby in the womb, and because now we're able to see that that's a baby, not just a blob, uh, the detail that we have from telescopes and, and from microscopes uh, show you how intricate life is. So it's interesting when you look at this whole thing is science and, or I should say knowledge. Science just means knowledge. So you say, well, science says, well, what is the knowledge? What is science is just knowledge. What kind of knowledge are you talking about? Is it accurate or not? The more we come into a greater knowledge of, of how the universe works and so forth, uh, that we see laws, physics and so forth, and all these things. We look at top atheists like Anthony Flew. I mean, he was the top philosophical debater among the atheists for 30 years and then he wrote a book about how there is a God. And he said, I can no longer deny that the existence of God because of the advancements we've had in science and being able to see the DNA molecule and break it down. There's so much information there, it's ridiculous. He came to the conclusion that yeah, there's definitely a God. This was a huge admission by him. But even prior to that, Chad, uh, a lot of the atheists that didn't want to believe in God, and Einstein, before he became a believer that there was a creator behind everything, even though he's pantheistic to a degree, with Spinoza's uh, thoughts in, in mind, uh, but prior to that, he was basically dead materialist, didn't believe there was a creator behind everything. And uh, he believed in what they called the steady state theory. And he ended up looking through the Hubble telescope, seeing that the universe was expanding. And he realized, man, it had a beginning. So time, space, and matter all had a beginning at some point. So the idea that Genesis and people could argue whether it's the Big Bang behind it and, or, or whatnot, uh, we, we believe in a, in a, in a, uh, in a, in a you know, early Earth creation and so forth. But it's interesting, he came to the conclusion that the, the steady state theory was no longer held water. And he ended up saying the steady state theory was his biggest blunder. So it's interesting, through whether it was the microscope with DNA, or whether it was a telescope, the Hubble telescope for Einstein, or as I said, the microscope uh, for uh, Anthony Flew. These were two heavyweights that became believers that there was a creator because of science. Yeah, I think that's that's a huge thing. And I know for me personally, when I had done exactly what Romans 1 says. And and I'm telling you that was a biography. I always say Matt, or Proverbs 23, 31 through 35 about the drunkard, you know, waking up with bruises and getting up to drink again. That was an auto, that was a biography of me, but also Romans chapter 1, because ultimately it came to a place where I had created a God in my own image. And then eventually I took that straw man down and said, well, he, he doesn't exist because things aren't going my way. So I don't mm. believe in God and I hate him. And, and I do believe, and, and I'm just being honest, when you look at Romans chapter 1, you see Psalm 14, uh, verse 1, when, when the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Yeah, you can add that to your biographical portfolio. Not to call you a fool, but that was it too, right? That's I was, yeah. I was yeah. a fool before I came to Christ. Yeah. And that's, that's the delineation that you get in the book of Proverbs, right? Over and over again, yeah. the fools are those who, guess what, do not believe and trust in the one true God. That's right. And so I want to be with the wise. Uh, and those who are wise win souls. And that's the goal of this show and every show that we put together, Amen. hopefully, is to Absolutely. win souls. And and the truth is, 
is that when I look at that, that suppression of truth and unrighteousness, the holding it down because you don't want to believe that there is a creator God. And Joe, as you mentioned, these admissions over and over again, when I saw guys like Dawkins in Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed, Dr. Dr. Rick, Richard Dawkins, who wrote books like The God Delusion. And when you hear him talking about whether or not there's a creator and he gets asked to just give us a simple understanding, something, what started it? How did Darwinian evolution start? He, the best thing he could come up with was an alien did it. They left a pod of Darwinian evolution here. Yeah. When I looked at Dr. Michael Ruse as well on the same video, yeah. well, I guess there was algae on the backs of crystals or whatever nonsense he came up with. Molecules piggybacked on the back of crystals forming. And I'm looking at this, and for me, you have to understand, I, I'm, I know this has happened to Mormons. I know this has happened to Jehovah's Witness. I know this has happened to a bunch of different people who believe in their cult, but then they saw a debate or saw the people that they trusted try to give an answer for the thing that they believed in, and they had nothing. Yeah. And I remember just leaving there with a pit in my stomach, like, wait, these are the this is the appeal to authority that I've been doing to the Dr. Michael Ruses, to the Daniel Dennett's, to the Sam Harris's, to the Richard Dawkins, or whatever. And yet they have nothing for the simplest of answers. And and I've watched guys uh, like uh, Tyson as well, the, you know, very popular guys out there. And when they get asked, they say, oh, we don't know. We don't know where the energy came yeah. from. We don't know where any of it came from. And it's like when their own admissions, Joe, I really do believe a lot of times if you can show that to people, it's the same thing that David did, right, with Goliath's sword. And it's like, you know what? He took Goliath's sword and he cut his head off with it. And I really think that has a lot to do with it, as you already mentioned. Yeah, no, those are those are great points, Chad. And when Einstein came to the realization that time and space and matter had a beginning, he realized that there was no universe, there was no time, there was no space. So where could it come from? That's not just we're not just talking about power, sheer the power of the universe, which we're still scratching the surface surface of it. They make estimations, guesstimations, they don't know, you know. But uh, he came to realize there's this. Metal, metal, he talked about a god that didn't play dice, you know. And there's we have a ton of quotes from him. Uh, like I said, he was pantheistic, but he believed that there was a creator behind it all. And what's crazy about this is uh, when now that's when you quoted uh, Dawkins, you know, talking about space aliens, it would have to be them. He concedes that if he's pressed to admit that there's design in nature to such a degree, which obviously he's acknowledged it to a degree, but uh, to a great degree, but he doesn't want to face the implications of his own words actually go on record and say, what is aliens? So he actually has it even stupider. I'm sorry. It's just ridiculous <laughs> uh, uh, origin of everything. And he, he says everything originated with literally nothing. So really you have an option, Chad, right? You could believe a creator created everything or literally nothing created everything. Now you lose the debate from the very get-go if you're an atheist because literally nothing, I mean, nothing, look up nothing. It's the absolute non-existence of anything, no thing. It's the Therefore, things that rocks that dream, rocks about. dream about. right? Yeah, that's one of the definitions of nothing, what rocks dream about. This is just zilch, which has no creative agency at all. So if yeah. you put nothing, I think what I did, I had a picture when I was debating those guys of a jar with nothing in it. And I said, actually, there's something in it. There's air in there. But see, I didn't take out the air. There's nothing in there. How long would you atheists wait around until this nothingness in that jar actually created the universe and every living being and consciousness and awareness and, and the laws of physics and everything? I can't remember exactly what I said, but it's just utterly ridiculous. So, But in case somebody says that's listening uh, you know what, Joe, I, I mean, I want to believe there's a God, but I just, well, you kind of want to do your own thing if you don't want to believe there's a God, but you want to be your own God. But 
uh, I, I have a hard time believing Doc has actually said that. Well, listen to this. You can look it up. It's from his book, The Ancestor's Tale. And he says, quote, life evolved out of nearly nothing. Now you might think, oh, see, nearly nothing. No, he doesn't say that. He goes on, he says that, but he goes on to say more. Life evolved out of nearly nothing. He's talking about on the earth. Some 10 billion years after the universe evolved out of literally nothing, end quote. So again, what is a better argument? What's more a more intelligent argument? Come on, Chad. I mean, come on, brothers and sisters out there. And my, my, my friends, my skeptic, my skeptic friends, come on, man. The gig is up, man. There's no way. Absolutely nothing creates everything. And guess what? You can't start with something because something has to have been brought into existence because we know because of entropy, the second half of thermodynamics, everything's winding down and energy's winding down everything. So it got wound up somehow, right? We believe God created it and said, let there be light and so forth and brought into existence. But uh, I think the evidence is just absolutely overwhelming. There's a creator. Yeah. And this goes back, Joe, I really do believe that a lot of these things go back to us appealing to logic. And we're made in the image of God. And the Bible actually says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the logos. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. That's right. And so we do want to appeal to people because they've been made in the image of God to have logic. In fact, that is one of the graces of God that he's given us so that when they're trying to deduce these things, we can counteract that. We do recognize, as Joe already mentioned, there is no building without a builder. There is no painting without a painter. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's right. And I know, Joe, one of the things we've talked about too, when we go out there on the streets, we talk to people and we're having personalized conversations. And when we look at the DNA molecule, the complexity of the DNA molecule of what is inside of you Absolutely. right now, your makeup, everything that is in you, and we look at that, we look at the stars, we look at the ecosystem, we look at all the the planets, and we look at all of the animals, the insects, all of this, and we go, yeah, this was all just a cosmic burp and an accident. And then we're having a conversation personally. We have emotions, laughter maybe at points, uh, frustration at points, sadness, happiness, and we think that whatever created us, because that happens a lot too. Oh, well, you know, he's just this impersonal thing. And they move it to some weird spirit science. And I really do believe uh, end times wise, that's where this is oh, all yeah. going. We should do a whole episode on that sometime. <laughs> we definitely should. But they, they believe all these things. And then when you're looking at it, because that's what they're doing, they make nature God. That's Romans chapter one. That's right. uh, they're making nature God. And you look at it and you're like, wait a second, nature doesn't have any sort of laughter or appeal. And you believe that this all came into existence and whatever did was impersonal, but it created that which is personal. So we can have a conversation. The most important thing, anyone who holds their child, consciousness, consciousness, yeah, evolve consciousness, try to evolve one fourth of a conscience and then see it keep continue going. I mean, just the whole thing. A rock is going to develop consciousness and awareness and decision-making and thinking about the past, the future, and everything. It's just ridiculous. It, it is absolute. And we're not even getting into the conscience that bears witness against us that God has created us. Yeah, that's on my I mean, list. I only have one page, and I'm like, this is just bullet points of just, just destruction to atheism. No, what, it based is. What you're saying, Chad, I think is very, very important because even Bill Gates had admitted in the past that we have nothing in our computer software, uh, which yeah. they're designing with minds, right, that comes anywhere close to human DNA. Uh, as far as we haven't been able to get nearly that complex because of how minute, minute it is. But it's important. One of the evidences I like to use when I'm talking to an atheist is the fact that that uh, just written language. You never see, you don't go to a park and see Tanya loves Frank and the date and everything and a big heart around it and think that was a big accident because it's written. It means something, right? But that's nothing compared to what's in your DNA. 
Now, this is an admission made by the same Richard Dawkins, and I'm quoting them again, because he's basically the modern face of, of militant atheism out there. And this is from his Blind Watchmaker book. And listen to what he says. This is mind-boggling. He's talking about just one cell, what's in one cell of your body. He says, there is enough information capacity in a single human cell to store the Encyclopedia Britannica, all 30 volumes of it, three or four times over. So Chad, he's saying the Encyclopedia Botanica, now we're talking three or four times over, that's about 100 books or more, actually. 120 would be four, so he said three to four. So this would be a little more conservative. Say 100 volumes of Encyclopedia Britannica could fit in just one cell of your body. Now, now this is, keep in mind, this is written information, folks. It's functional in your DNA, and it's, we can get into DNA, and now it's multidimensional and so forth. And, and, and by the way, you can't have a DNA processor in your body without also having the DNA to show how it's to be processed. You need both at the same time. It's not something that could evolve, folks. That's what we would call uh, the basically irre irreducible complexity argument used Amen. by Behe, not to get too far afield, but uh, make listen to this analogy. I mean, this is just mind-blowing. Now you multiply 100 volumes of Encyclopedia Britannica, one cell, times your 30 trillion cells, Chad. Okay, <laughs> now that is so much voluminous information. You kind of get your brain around it, fill the Grand Canyon up, with just the information in your body over and over and over again. The entire Grand Canyon fill up over and over again with volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And by the way, that's written, coded information that talks about the color of your eyes, that gives your organs how to form and everything. Come on, guys, man. It's just ridiculous to deny that there's a creator and that he's a powerful creator, he's a wise creator, and that he's given us hearts and a sense of morality and a sense of right and wrong. No, and, and here's just some practical things that we can add into what Joe has been saying there, these are things that you could put down in your own heart, in your own mind to be like, wow, these things are stated so that guess what? You can therefore bring forth the gospel with someone on the streets because right. as Joe mentioned, this all goes along with scripture. This coincides. Everything we're talking about here, we're talking about the complexity of all of this. It coincides with scripture. And by the way, remember that when God was revealing himself to Job, when he came to speak with Job, he talked about his creative order. He talked about creation with Job and how amazing he is That's as right. a creator. That's right. That's a good point. So, so this also appeals back to the conscience. And I want to point this out because sadly enough, something I've seen from apologists all over the place is, you know what? We got to put our Bibles away when we're sharing the gospel mm, with uh -uh. atheists. You know what? Let's take this sword of the spirit and let's put it away. But but I want to just have these, these verses. This is for the believers to have these things on your heart to remember when somebody says that, first of all, it's ridiculous. Imagine going out to war and God said, this is your sword. And he goes, yeah, put that away. Keep it at home. Yeah, let, let's just go fisticuffs. This is ridiculous. It's nonsense. But I want to read a couple of scriptures because these things are really important for you guys. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to, what What does it do? Judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, where when we bring forth arguments, whether it's the Kalam cosmological argument or Leibniz's contingency argument or something along those lines, yes, we can appeal to the mind and we can appeal to logic, but we got to get to the heart. And, heart and the conscience. And right. Isaiah 55, 11, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty or void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So guys, 
Do not put your sword away, even while you are giving these arguments for the Lord. That's right, because we're actually looking at a doctrine of demons, okay? By the way, Darwin himself, writing to his bulldog, right, a Huxley, uh, before, just as uh, on the eve of the publishing of The Origin of the Species, and you can even see it on on the internet, you can see his letters on on the net to Huxley, and at the end of it, he thanks Huxley in a P.S., a postscript, he says, P.S., I want to thank you for helping me spread the devil's gospel, okay? And he was he, he, he was known as the devil's chaplain, and he knew what he was doing to a degree. Uh, so, Chad, it's funny because we didn't really compare notes. We talked about one thing on, before the show that we talk about, and it's kind of crazy because uh, one of the things I have written down, bigger than anything else I've written down, is the gospel power of God because you don't want to leave that out. And Chad's right. A lot of a lot of people say, oh, yeah, just go after the head. Man, you're going to leave a person just you know thinking, is there a God or not? That's helpful, but guess what? The Bible says, and the scripture I wanted to use, which complements what you're saying, Chad, is that the Bible says in Romans 1.16 that the gospel mm. is the power of God to salvation. Amen? It's got power. The word of God's power, powerful. Chad was already sharing Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And we're supposed to put on the full armor of God as we go against the doctrines of demons, against the, the fiery darts of the evil one. So I think it's very, very important. A few more points. We talked about different things, but I think one of the great evidences that you can use— Use the scripture itself. Uh, bring, bring to bear upon them Romans chapter one that Chad started with. Hey, that hey, the word of God says that you're suppressing the knowledge of the truth, and point out to them how clear and obvious it is. There is a creator, and you're and you're trying to bury it by looking for a loophole and, and denying the very obvious. And give them just real illustrations of whether it's a painting or a building, as Chad just mentioned. But I love to use this. I like to tell them, you know, how many species? There's tens of thousands of different, you know, tens and tens of thousands of different species on the planet. Almost every species has two sexes. Now, what are the odds that somebody would evolve? It's actually it's zero that somebody just evolved out of slime to become a human being. But guess what? You don't just, you don't just need that going on. You have to have a male and you have to have a female evolve. And they have to be around each other existing before they die. And they have to have human anatomy that's, that's you know, sexual, male and female, so they're compatible. And they have to have an attraction to get together, right? And they have to be able, the male has to be able to produce sperm and she has to have an ovum and everything else. And come on, you guys, that's absolutely ridiculous. You don't have to just do that with the human race. You have to do that with mice. You have to do that with dogs. You have to do that with cats. You have to do that with this. Thousands of other species all have to have a male and female evolve at the same time just by coincidence and come together with attraction and bring forth offspring. Do you realize how, I'm so sorry, I want to be nice. Lord, help me be nice. That's just yeah. silly, yeah. dumb. That's what it is, guys. Yeah. You, you have, to be an atheist, you have to really deny reality. Okay, there's no way that happens by chance. Yeah, and and I, you know, Joe, I, I want to, because you brought up the gospel, and I, I want you to finish off with that, and I, and I want to appeal to you guys as well before I hand that back off, because the question that was asked to you at the end of that debate is very pertinent to, to end this episode with, I believe. But something I want to appeal to you guys as well, and this was a prayer that I had. I had two people that, that died right after I came to Christ that were in my life. Mm. Uh, one of them was a from a professing believing family but I don't know that he was saved we Lord is uh you know ultimately he's he's the final judge on all of that but in terms of walking he was not walking in the faith the the other one was actually an expressed out atheist said he was an atheist but when we went to his funeral I was I was really praying so hard because a ton of the people that I did not that a ton of the people that I grew up with that did not know Christ were going to be there. And I was praying to God that who that whoever would deliver the message, that they would hit on a couple of things that were really important in my 
walk with Christ when I was first going out and sharing the gospel with people. And both of these texts come from the book of Ecclesiastes. The reason why I was praying so hard for it, because in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2, it says it's better to be in a place of mourning than a place of feasting because everyone considers their end. You consider that you're going to die. You're eventually going to go there. But the other one that was in my heart a lot, and this is still in my heart all the time when I'm sharing the gospel, is is from Ecclesiastes 3.11. And it's the fact that God has set eternity in our hearts. And I can say that, and this is anecdotal, but it's true. Before I came to Christ, one of my biggest struggles as an atheist was the idea of eternity. I knew deep down that there was something else after this. That's why you have people coming up with all, well, it's energy. So we keep we keep living on because energy can't be destroyed and all this other nonsense. But the truth was we can appeal to that eternity. People sear their conscience with a hot iron. You can meet serial killers. This happens. But ultimately, we want to appeal to that eternity as well and remind them of that eternity. And Joe, I think about this. Because the question that was asked to you after you gave all the evidence and they literally said, well, you guys, we lost the debate because you have a they great said presentation. They lost the debate. When That's you what say they we said. Yeah, they admitted yeah, it. They said that we lost the debate, but somebody raised their hand and asked you, well, what are you supposed to do now? Yeah. And that's what he asked you. And Joe, you got atheist right here. He's asked you, and you got about three minutes left, Joe. What are they supposed to do now? Yeah, and I hate to multiply evidence, pun evidence, but before I, right before I go into that, we weren't able to get the Bible prophecy. There's a ton of evidence that this God tells <laughs> the end of the beginning. The, power, the evidence of the resurrection and people giving to the apostles, laying down their lives and uh, daily, you know, to, that they'd seen the resurrected Christ, bi- biblical pre-science, you know, our testimony, all these things and what he's done in our hearts and our lives being miraculously transformed. There's so many evidence we could use, but, uh, well, you need to stop making excuses and admit that deep down, you know, there's a creator and the evidence is, the preponderance of evidence is actually overwhelming because you can't explain why there's two sexes, all these different species. If it's, you know, with blind chance doing that, it's just ridiculous. Can't even get off the ground because you need two sexes, right? With all these different species that have two sexes. But I would say, stop making excuses because God's word says the wrath of God in Romans 1.18 is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Uh, in regard to those who suppress the truth because God's revealed his truth within them and they hold it down. It's like the jack-in-the-box little girl that doesn't want to see Jack pop up and holds it down. Well, people don't want to see God because they don't want to be accountable to him. But guess what? You're going to be accountable to God. You can deny his existence. Just like someone at the top of a skyscraper saying, I don't believe in gravity. You can say that all you want, but as soon as you jump, you're going to splat on the ground, man. And guess what? You can deny God all you want, but you're going to stand before him. And the scriptures say, it goes on to say that you're without excuse and our hearts break for you. Because Paul goes on to say, there's this wrath that's uh, revealed from heaven. It says, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God has made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. So we would say, hey, you know, we love you. That's why we're doing this. We're not, we're not, we're not we don't, we don't get paid a bunch of money to, to do this. We're serving Jesus. I've been serving Jesus all my life since I became a Christian. And I've never asked any, anybody for even a penny to share the gospel with them. We, we love you. We want you to understand there's a God who loves you that gave himself for you. That's, that's revealed himself in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you admit deep down uh, uh, that you're a sinner, because the Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God, and you have a conscience, which is another great evidence, because deep down you feel guilty when you do wrong unless you've seared your conscience and have no sense of morality or a psychopath or something. You have a sense of, I've done wrong. Well, that's there because guess what? You feel guilty because guess what? You are. We all are guilty. We've sinned and broken God's law. You've lied or you've taken something that doesn't belong to you, theft, or you've had hateful thoughts with Jesus 
equated with murder, where you put things before God, obviously, especially if you're an atheist, because you're putting something or yourself before God, which is idolatry. The Bible says all idolaters go to the lake of fire. Well, the good news is God became a man because he's a just God, and he paid for the sins, the crimes that you and I committed against him on the cross. That's why God became a man in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the scriptures say, if you repent, you turn from this broad road of rejecting God, and you turn to Christ, and you put your trust in him, and you put your faith in him, the Bible says you'll pass from death to life, and that you have eternal life. We want you to know God, because guess what? You're looking at a couple of atheists slash agnostics here, uh, who both found Christ, and our lives have never been the same since, and we know where you're at, because we were basically there, but we also know where you can be, and Jesus is a prayer of repentance away, and put your faith in him. The Bible says you'll pass from death to life. If you're trusting Christ, you will not go back into condemnation. Amen. God bless you guys. guys. God bless. You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.